Hey now, it's Steve Seavers from Bionic Buzz, and welcome to episode six of Bionic Buzz Celebrity Interview Podcast. We got some great interviews as usual, and we're going to kick off with an amazing band called Nonpoint. Uh, they've been around for, geez, like 20 years, I think, and they've had some amazing songs over the years. I've heard a lot of their songs on Sirius Octane, and, and they have a new song out as a tribute to all the frontline uh, workers during this pandemic and you're gonna learn all about it in our interview so take it away robot voice guy interview with elias soriano lead singer of the band nonpoint no no it's it's okay i got a fucking fly in my house now all of a sudden <laughs> great you know, hopefully it won't land like on the uh on the screen here so how you doing Good, man. I'm so excited to talk to you. So um, here at Bonic Buzz, we're all about people's passion. You know, your band Nonpoint's had an amazing career, you know, amazing tours. You've, I've heard so many of your songs on Sirius Octane. But I want to know where your passion for music originally came from, which led you to your journey. Was it an album that inspired it, a live performance, or something that was natural for you as a child? Um, I think it was, uh, I mean, everybody is... Uh, very rarely do you run into somebody that goes, God, I hate fucking music. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that really doesn't happen very often. Um, I think my love for good music yeah. uh, came for uh, came from Sunday afternoons, you know, family cleaning uh, the house all together. And, you know, my parents would blast uh, everything from, you know, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire to, uh, you know, uh, Christopher Cross or James Taylor, or oh. Weather Report, or um, uh, Journey, or you know any of the other classic rock bands that uh, would fill my house uh, on a Sunday afternoon. So. What did you start knowing about like hard rock and metal and stuff? Like, you know? uh, not until I mean, my hard rock and uh, you know days early were all classic rock you know whatever gotcha. basically my stepfather was was playing in the house i just gravitated to the one or two acts or um uh songs that i dug so there was you know i was definitely more zep of a zep fan than a, a yeah. sabbath and i was more of a uh i was more of a paul mccartney guy than a you know uh a john lennon guy um you know, there was more wings in my house than a man. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, that. Kind of very cool. So, uh, you know, that all was was, um, you know, as, as far as rock, that's that's what I was exposed to, you know, early. Uh, I was mainly a pop and a hip hop kid growing up. Um, I didn't get into rock music until I met Hector, our first bass player for Nonpoint Factor, um, was you know, introducing me to, to songs and bands and wanted me to see his band come jam. And, uh, you know, that, that's when I got, you know, really into, at the time it was new metal was really what was coming up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, rage was, was, uh, I think on their second record about to drop their second record. So, you know, I, I came up around that time, you know, Very cool. as far as like newer rock music. Yeah. Um, so once I met all that those guys and all the stuff that they like, they it was just constant tape trading and here, listen to this, listen to this. You've never heard of these guys. Listen to this, listen to this. So it was. Uh, I definitely got into it later in my in my years. Me too. 
Um, let's talk about your song you just released, Remember Me. Uh, very tri tribute to all the uh, frontline workers. Um, really amazing music video. Uh, let's talk about the song first. It's got a really nice, beautiful piano riff to it. Uh, talk about the writing process, like, you know. Uh, I know it was kind of written during quarantine time and like over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. We we were all kind of like, you know, uh, stuck at home trying to figure out how how to do anything with our fan base. At, at you know, coming out of uh, basically coming out of dark, we were we had blacked all our socials and gone completely off the grid for a little while while we just decided what we wanted to do and. Um, you know, when the pandemic hit and everyone's like, where's Nonpoint, where's Nonpoint? We were still, you know, we were just, you know, decompressing and trying to, you know, maybe write new music, maybe figure out what we were doing. Um, so staring at social media and staring at the feeds, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Uh, you know, there was that call from our fans of, of you know, I, I really miss the guys, I miss their campaigns. Uh, they were normally the light side of our day. Um, so we, we, we decided to, to, to come back and, and start running campaigns again. Uh, we got started with the Alive and Kicking initiative and we did that um, and figured out a way to do it from home. And, you know, right off the heels of that with the second wave of what potentially might be coming with the pandemic, everyone re-locking down and, and seeing the importance of, you know, we felt like uh, something like Frontlines would be perfect to come off the heels of Alive and Kicking and, you know, keep people's focus on the right things, which is, you know, be aware of the people that are trying to keep us safe and, you know, trying to keep us all uh, uh, healthy uh, just to do our parts because they're actually real people that, you know, you don't, yeah. you, you don't know just because it's not on your doorstep doesn't mean that there aren't families that are, are, are dealing with this. So um, to just be kind and mindful and, uh, you know, to actually put a face and a name to a lot of, uh, what people think is just conspiracy and, you know, hey, they just want us to be home just to be home. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> say that to every single healthcare worker right now whose hospitals are filling up in, in ways that they've literally never seen. In their life. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a really touching music video. I think blank on the name of the, I think it was a woman who worked on it or? Oh uh, yeah, Francesca. It was, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. For the last year and a half, she's basically been in charge of, of, uh, our creative direction and and our all of our imagery yeah um, yeah she, she's a photographer too and uh correct. yeah yeah she, she's all all of our newest promo shots that you've seen that's mm -hmm. you know we're i i quentin tarantino did it a lot with his productions and you know i hear people say this all the time if if you ever want to look better put a woman in charge and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna look good um, well, so how did she organize? Because these are real people. Those are real people, know, right. Well, she, she came to us with the concept. Um, she wanted to basically do what we did with that first Frontline video initially that I put together, putting together a bunch of uh, uh, photos that I didn't have permission to do. That's probably why I got pulled down. Um, but uh, she wanted to actually use real people and use photos uh, and videos that we had access to. So. Um, you know, people recognize Francesca online and through all of our socials. So she speaks to our fans, you know, every once in a while. So it was easy for her to, you know, put up a post and say, hey, let's let's uh, get everyone who's in the healthcare industry and people that are, you know, even 
grocery store workers, yeah, fire. Yeah, there's a MEPAC person in there. You know? Oh yeah, like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's we're 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 touching on on uh, everyone that we know is is going to work that didn't yeah. have to claim unemployment that is literally putting themselves in harm's way every single day just for the safety of people that they don't even know on a, on a personal level. Oh, I love it. Um, I, I did read that you're working on a new album now. Is that you're very probably inspired by what's going on in the world? We're you know? working on new music. Well, we're yeah. just, we're always working. When we're we came, okay. when we decided to take a break, you know, obviously stuff was flying back and forth. I think in that yeah. press release, it, press release that got taken a little bit further than uh, <laughs> at times <laughs> yeah, it was like oh non-point's writing a new record i'm like ah, not not really writing a new record we're uh we're throwing around some stuff since uh um if anyone's been following my band for the last 20 plus years they know that this is the kind of subject matter we talk about you know songs like the truth and what a day and bullet with a name and there's going to be a war and circles and uh you know a, a million other songs in my catalog that i can name uh, Generation Idiot. There's 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 a million songs. Chaos and earthquakes. There's there's a lot of that rhetoric and and um, attention to that. And there's a lot of subject right now. So obviously, naturally, when my managers ask me, "Hey, what's what's going on?" Uh, we say, "Well, we're writing some new stuff, and it's it's pretty aggressive and and pretty um, uh, poignant." To the times right now so he got very excited and i guess they put it in the press release gotcha yeah. so there's no timetable when you might have a new single soon or it might be a new album later this year we don't know yeah with the way things are going right yeah. now um uh we're moving on to another campaign uh that's uh, gonna be really exciting i think we're gonna announce it uh either today or wednesday um that is really gonna get our fans involved uh it is gonna be a new song um, awesome. but it's going to be something that we're allowing them to vote on uh, and almost like a NCAA kind of bracket. <laughs> so, uh, keep an eye out on our socials. We're going to, we're definitely going to engage in a way that we never have with our fans. We, we ran a survey before that was our most engaging uh, uh, fan interaction. And I know when we start asking the questions that we're about to ask, on our socials come today or Wednesday, it's it's gonna go off the charts. I'm sure uh, that's gonna press is gonna jump up. I know that. Okay, well great. Thank you so much for your time to talk to me and we'll talk down the road. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. All right, we're gonna move from one amazing band, nonpoint, to another amazing band, cold. I think I said amazing too many times. I think I like saying amazing a lot. Maybe because I like the Aerosmith song amazing. I don't know. Uh, anyway, uh, Lindsay, the bassist for Cold, uh, has just released a brand new book, and we're going to be talking to her about that and some fun Cold stories between both of us. It's going to be amazing, and there it is. I said amazing again. All right, I guess that's the theme of this episode. Episode 6 is the amazing episode. All right, take it away, robot voice guy. Interview with speaker, author, and bassist for the band, Cold, Lindsay Manfredi. Well, uh, here at Bonic Buzz, we're all about people's passion. I want to know where your passion for music came from. Was it a certain album, a live performance, or something that was natural for you as a child growing up Midwest, I guess, Indiana? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Debbie Gibson. 
Oh, very Madonna, that's what got me into music. Uh, you know, when Electric Youth, like the whole album, because I grew up in the 80s and 90s, uh -huh. and I knew I wanted to sing, and I knew I wanted to perform as, when I was listening to Debbie Gibson and Madonna. And it was, I was in high school and listening to Hole and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins, again, a child of the 90s. And um, yeah, I, the very first guitar, I had an, it was an Epiphone, uh, oh, what do you call it? Les Paul, it was uh -huh. the worst guitar ever. So the second guitar I ever bought was the Courtney Love Venus from Fender. It was like a little Squire edition. So yes, it's so I know. a girl could play it. And my girlfriend, Jamie has it. It's in Florida in her garage. She's never gotten rid of it. Cause like in all of my moves, I left it in her garage. 10 years ago and she's like I still have your guitar and I will send it to you anytime but yeah it was that's cool you know that got me playing yeah I mean, I'm kind of the same for me like I late 91 I remember seeing smells like teen spirit music video when I was 11 years old and I instantly wanted to start growing my hair long and look like that and oh, of course, taking yeah. my bike to the record store yeah I and I guess that's why I liked cold so much too because they do have a lot of like that grunge spirit in them so absolutely um, when did you get first introduced to cold before we get into you actually joining them um okay so that's a and I tell the whole story in yeah. my book because cold was such a huge influence on me growing up mm -hmm. It was in 1999 or 2000 where I happened to be at a show. I was doing merchandise for Sprung Monkey. At oh, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, get them out of here. It was when they were doing all that. Like, I went to that cold show. From, okay, so they flew from Chicago or maybe Ohio or Chicago from that show and went to and played Dave Letterman. Okay. So, but, um, so cold was, it was Sprung Monkey, Cold, and Kid Rock at the Metro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was there. I saw Cold for the first time and had met them and hung out with them, mm -hmm. and I fell in love with them. So I'd moved to Florida, and Thirteen Ways uh, to Bleed came on stage, or came out. Yeah, yeah second Bleed on stage came out, and I their CD had the spider on it, so I got the spider tattoo <laughs> from that record. It was blue, and I was like, I want it red. And I just, oh, and I was the lead singer at the time for everything. And I also played guitar, but I was always the front girl. So I was like, I'm always going to have a mic and I'm always going to represent. Oh, <laughs> you know? That's so cool. And that was just my thing because Cold was my jam. And I was a body piercer at the time. So I played that album insanely, like nonstop at the tattoo shop. Yeah. And it was so annoying to my coworkers. But I was like, well, <laughs> I don't even care. Um, and then Year of the Spider came out. And so they had asked fans to send in photos. Mm -hmm. for the, the sleeve of the album and mine got chosen one like one of my photos in oh, that wow. and it's literally the photo next to jeremy marshall whom i replaced which scooter yeah even when scooter had hired me he had no idea that that was me in the photo and he was like oh my god so it was like very serendipitous from me being a fan back in the late 90s early 2000s mm -hmm. to now you know, we're best friends. I'm in the band. That's so it's cool. Such a blessing and so exciting. So I, I, I happened to catch them open for Limp Biscuit in September 97. And I was like so blown away. And they gave out these little cassette tapes that had, the, I think it was like given ugly on it. Oh, yeah. yeah then I used to always, so I saw them open for Gravity Kills after that. And they always invited me in the Sprung Monkeys uh, show. And they always invited me on the tour bus. They're like, 
you were uh, at the time I lived in Maryland, so you're our Maryland DC street team guy. They always kept getting nice. more tapes, and then each album kept getting dude, better and better. So everyone, I, I just like to. I still get a little blown away and brought to tears sometimes because I, I got to be a part of mm-hmm. the things we can't stop. It's just so surreal to me at times because. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, they've always walk me through. Like, I know you talk about this in the book. How you actually officially joined uh, the band, like in what time period, too? Okay, so the time period. It was actually October fourteenth, twenty fourteen. I got mm-hmm. a tweet from Scooter um, from the Cold page, and he was like, "Hey, I know this is weird, but check your other Facebook messages because I sent you a message." And so I was on tour with uh, Saving Able at the time in a, their opening band. Cool. Um, so we had done like the United States. We were on our second leg, I think. But somebody had sent Scooter my photo, like so I'm playing bass. I've got the cold tattoo. <laughs> so they were like, "Hey, here's this girl. She's got a cold tattoo." So they did started doing some research, and I had been a co-founder of Girls Rock Indianapolis and had done a TED talk. So, I mean, music has always been my passion, passion, yeah. passion. So scooter saw the ted talk and was like oh that's her she's it she's our girl and so i called him and i was playing a show that night in indianapolis with saving able and i was at the vogue when this whole phone call went down (laughs) right before i was getting ready to go on stage and it was just he was like do you have anybody you need to talk to do you want to say you know whatever i was like got you i'm in i'm in a thousand percent so that was it it's been cold <laughs> from so this, that day forward. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a favorite, like some favorite cold tracks you like to love playing live? I mean, I know they're all. Yeah, Ocean is one of my favorites. Oh, uh, all of them. Like, but you, I mean, you have to understand, like, I am a fan of cold. Yeah, exactly. I, so it's got to be surreal like, every night. I was playing <laughs> this shit in my head, like air doing all of it forever. Um, I love all their songs and I'm, I'm so. I would say my all-time favorite's a different kind of pain, which unfortunately I haven't heard live. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, well, when we're do, our tour just got postponed. Well, it didn't yeah. just get postponed. It got postponed in March, and we just had to postpone the postponed dates because yeah. nothing is really going to be opening up, and we want to keep our fans safe. And as much as we want to be on the road, and we all want to be together, we're going to wait until 2021. But we're. Oh, I think it's smart. Yeah. But that, um, it's called a different kind of tour, and it's an intimate <laughs> night with cold, but we're going to be playing a lot of the softer songs and a lot of things. Oh, like yes. And then we're going to reimagine a couple of the older songs, but yeah, Ooh. that tour Can we imagine what you're going to do with Ugly, you know? <laughs> oh, and Ugly is on the set list. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can, that's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be in 2021. Yeah. You know, we have to just... Go with the flow. It's okay. Well, I mean, this tour gets postponed, and now you write this book. Um, let me see if I get the name right, because I was trying to pronounce it. Unfuck with Abel. Unfuck with Abel. Unfuck with Abel. A guide to inspired badassery? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm dyslexic, so. <laughs> okay. I'm a little dyslexic, too, so I get it. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> but so the, I had been right. I started writing the book in 2016. Okay. And I was finished up with it, so I was just shopping it to agents, and so many agents were coming back and saying, oh, we'd love to rep this book, but because mm-hmm. ah, it's like, it's a spiritual book, so it's in that, like, spiritual development, but also personal okay. development, but it's the first spiritual-based book that has fuck in the title. <laughs> And I think that a lot of people were a little bit um, intimidated by it. 
And I was like, okay, whatever universe, what do you have? And I, I got a publisher in February. Uh-huh. And they took it on and they were like, well, yeah, we'll take your book. We got this. Um, and I was supposed to release it on the road. So they were going to send it to me on the road. So this whole COVID thing happened. So it gave me the time to actually sit down with the editor and get it done. Oh, very so, cool. So let's talk about the spiritual sides of it. How does it, are you like, um, to ways to help us with like like insomnia or just anxiety in general which is like i think like we're all going through right now with everything going on in the world dude i still can't sleep i like i, I literally i'm popping z quill pretty mm. much every night and i still am waking up for three hours at night it's crazy there's a lot going on and there's a lot of uncertainty and unrest but mm-hmm. so the book is basically about finding the power in yourself to mm-hmm. do what it is because we all have these excuses and we all listen to these outside forces that kind of influence us. So my whole book is like, fuck everybody. What are you in love with? What are you passionate about? And what are you like, what questions do you have to ask yourself to find out what it is you love? Because so many people are just like on autopilot. It's very with, true. With really no purpose because they have, asshole husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends or they're I live for my kids and or whatever it is like they're not taking themselves into consideration into being the most fucking important person in their life and I I just wanted the whole point of the book was just asking people the hard questions to really get in touch with who the fuck they are I love that. It's very kind of like rock and roll. (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's the intention was for it. It's about the law of attraction, and it's Mm -hmm. about like spiritual principles, not religion, but spiritual principles that are based on like we are God. Like we have control over our lives, but very few of us tap into that source and actually use it. And I wanted to reach to an audience that wouldn't pick up like a Dr. Wayne Dyer book or an Eckhart Tolle book or, you know, Gabriel Bernstein, like all of these people who I'm, are great teachers that I look up to. I'm a kind of a nerd. So I don't mind buying a book with like <laughs> with, the, with the birds flying over the sunset because I learned from it. But a lot of fucking people in rock and roll don't do that. So that I was, it's my voice teaching the same principles. I love that. that. Very cool. And uh, where's the book available? Like, where can people? Is it's there available. A special way we could get like a signed copy from you. Yeah, the, yeah. The signed copy is from me. It's at eqxshop.com because uh, my best friend and I have a uh, candle company, so we're selling it on our website. So if you go under the cold collection, that's where my book is because we have all these great cold candles. Um, it, and actually, we just uh, we just made Motley Cruz candles. Oh, so, wow, yeah, look, yeah. at um, oils, too, so. We have oils, we have body butters. Well, body butters are more of a winter thing because mm-hmm. they, it's like a souffle. They kind of plop when it gets heated. So, oh, look at that so, cold, quiet now. <laughs> yeah. Calming body oil, I love that. Yeah, so we're doing, yeah, so we've got that. So the book is on that website, and you get a signed copy from me. It's free shipping, or you can always get it from Amazon. I love that. All right. Uh, Anything else you got in the works? Anything you get new products for any website coming up? No, we're just, I'm right now. I'm just promoting the book, you know, still promoting the album, the things we can't stop. It's available on 
Spotify and Apple Music. Oh, and- it's a great oh, album. Thank you. I I love it. I'm. I would in- say, I, I, probably my favorite is Beautiful Life. That will probably make a good song for this upcoming tour with all the ballad type stuff. So. We're gonna be doing. Yep. We're. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, I'm so anxious. I'm happy to have a project to kind of keep me busy, mm-hmm. even for now. But um, my life is the road. Like so, being a road warrior and being just being with fans and playing music that's eh, that's the hardest thing that yeah. i'm dealing with not doing right now but i'm spending time with my daughter so i'm in indiana and i don't hate that at all i'm very happy but yeah can't wait to be back out all right well well we'll talk down the road hopefully see you live at some point so absolutely and you'll have to come back on the bus and we will yeah it's funny there. bring all my old photos and stuff so <laughs> i love it yeah well, I'll let Scooter know. I'm going to tell him you said hi. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. That was a great interview. I really love Lindsay and I love the band Cold. So that was so much fun talking to her. So I figured uh, for our Throwback Thursday, we did Nonpoint and Cold. And I was like, hmm, let me see if a band that, like a throwback one that can kind of fit like a bill if we put all three together on a tour. It would be something amazing. There you go. I said amazing again. It should be a drinking game. Uh, anyway, it was an uh, interview with Mike from Incubus back in NAM earlier this year. And it was a lot of fun talking to him and his wife. And his wife's amazing. I said amazing again. Jeez. Anyway, uh, so this is our throwback interview. <laughs> um, anyway, please... Go to our website, bionicbuzz.com, click on our link, follow us on all social media, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also see all these videos on uh, all these interviews on our YouTube channel. Oh my goodness. I'm going to stop this amazing interview, so take it away. (laughs) It's a podcast. (laughs) Just take it away, robot voice guy. Interview with guitarist for Incubus, Michael Einziger and his wife composer, Anne-Marie Simpson Einziger, about their new app Mix Halo. Is this uh, Mix Halo boardroom thing? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what this is. Mix Halo boardroom meeting. We're just waiting for the other members of the board to show up. All right, before we get into that, uh, here at Bonic Buzz, we're all about people's passion. Tell us where your passion for music came from. A certain album inspired it, a live performance, or is it something natural for you? I started playing the violin when I was three, and oh, wow. I think it, it was just, the violin was this amazing game. It's this mm-hmm. thing that I was always trying to master. It was always eluding me. Um, and all of a sudden, I could use this to connect with songs that I liked, my friends, um, and connect with different cultures. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up playing in a bluegrass band with oh. my family, and then simultaneously training classically as a violinist and then went on to play rock music and do film scores so yeah it was just something that connected everything that mattered to me culturally yeah we'll get into that later i want to talk about your composing. <laughs> um yeah for for me music um i think really was just born out of a desire to mm-hmm. to connect with other people it's really like the fact that i'm playing a guitar on stage is really just kind of a coincidence almost. It's more just like a vehicle to to be interacting with other people and writing songs. It's just a way to be expressive in a a different way and connect with people 
in a way that's different than just speaking to them. So, yeah, I, I guess uh, it's all fun. Like, yeah. communication's fun, I guess, and when it's not, it's not. <laughs> all right, so you find your passion for music. You guys um, both had a, a career in college before you went up there. Where did you go to school? I went to University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. And you double majored, right? Yes, yeah. I, you know a lot about me already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I double majored in music and in biology. Mm -hmm. um, I thought I was going to go down the pre-medicine route, and uh, that degree sat on a shelf until kind of recently, actually. Mm -hmm. um, maybe for a different interview, Mike and I also have a biotech startup. Yeah, that's why I brought that <laughs> up, because what, what is that all about? I, I couldn't find that much information about it. Yes. Yeah, we're... we're um, <laughs> we could talk about that for like a whole other, that's like a whole other realm of discussion, okay. but, um, we can top line it really quick. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a basically a, a, we've discovered a class of molecules that can affect skin, skin pigmentation uh -huh. and it's based on a, a, a fungal condition that lightens your skin oh. and there are different versions of this condition that lighten and darken the skin. And so there's a way to actually control pigmentation. And there are a lot of people in the world who have pigmentation disorders. Yeah. Um, and this isn't something that we like set out to do. It's yeah, something that I'm is based on a, a really brilliant observation made by Anne Marie. She can elaborate on that, but that's the top line. Yeah, it was an accidental epiphany, uh, but it involves music because I was oh. on tour with A.R. Rahman. I was in India. And while I was there, I noticed that I had this fungal infection, which sounds gross to say on camera, but it's, it's a, a commensal fungus. <laughs> um, commensal means it's already part of everybody's natural microbiome. So it's uh -huh. like a fungus that's a happy fungus. It lives with you and it, it loves you and does good things for you. But every once in a while, it gets uh, overgrown, mm -hmm. which can happen if you're in a new climate, like India oh, for me. Okay. So I noticed that I had these white patches on my back freaked me out. I wanted to understand why I suddenly had this light spot on my back. Mm -hmm. And I was simultaneously in a culture where skin brightening products were a really big thing. Literally billboards were screaming it and the products in my hotel room claimed to lighten the skin. And I was thinking, that's so weird. I have this undesirable lightening on my skin and mm -hmm. I'm immersed in a culture where they're using dangerous things to do this. So why don't I understand how nature does it and maybe see if there's an application that's commercial. So a few few years later, we test our hypothesis, and we have 30 different analogs now that vary in efficacy, and some of them are going to be delivered to the cosmetic market for just tone correction, and others are going to be delivered to the therapeutic market for things such as skin pigmentation disorders and also for melanoma. So, wow. Potentially. So yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly... Um, something that we really enjoy working on um, and uh, something we never thought we'd be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely me, you know, but, um, uh, you know, I, I guess as musicians and as artists, we're always trying to innovate, and mm -hmm. that's just a different way for us to, to innovate. Well, speaking of innovation, well, why are you here? I guess here in the boardroom. You just got done from the panel. Well, how, how was that? People were, seemed to be asking some questions in, into your new uh, app, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just finished doing a demonstration mm -hmm. and a keynote speak about Mix Halo, which mm -hmm. is our company that created a proprietary Wi-Fi system to deliver real-time studio quality audio into people's headphones and their smartphones uh, so cool. in real time. So. Yeah, you said it was fire because everyone on stage, their ear models, is like a secret. Now you're trying to get that secret out yeah. to the, the audience. It's something that we've been doing on stage for you know yeah. 20 plus years, um, and 
you know, it, it's a really powerful tool. And it doesn't mean that we're trying to take the concert experience as people know it away from them, but it gives them a different version. It's something, yeah. you know, all of us artists, you know, when our friends and families and dogs and babies and wives and other people come to see us play, yeah. you know, we let them use a radio pack and a pair of headphones and they, you know, they always love it. They're always mm -hmm. like, this is so crazy. This is so different. And um, we just thought, why instead of using, uh, you know, radio packs, uh -huh. why don't we make it so that people can just use their phone? And if we could get the audio data to their phone quickly enough, that you know they so can listen. Live time, real time. You know. It's real time. Mm -hmm. But what we did in order to make it all work, because because Wi-Fi, mm -hmm. um, enterprise Wi-Fi in the current state that it exists would just never be able to allow yeah. for that. So we literally had to invent our own version of a Wi-Fi network. And so that's how it works. At, at, a, at a, an event or a live concert, um, your phone will find the Mix Halo network. You get onto the network and open up the app. The app is basically just a pause play button. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we can offer a pretty you know, infinite number of different audio channels. And so it allows artists to actually curate content if they want. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can provide mixes that are different. We could give the... Uh, we can give a lot of choices and control to the to the audience if if the artist wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no, because someone or like like a drummer might want to hear the drums more than else, or as a DJ, they might want to hear yeah. the DJ more. So that's really cool. So we we actually did that for Metallica. They wanted to do it. The yeah. band was forward thinking enough that they wanted to do it. So we gave them uh, their audience the ability to toggle between mixes that feature each band member. So if you want to hear more of Lars's drumming, you could click on Lars's photo, just the same way you're flipping through like Instagram filters. Yeah. And it works really well and it's really fun. It's genius because everyone's on their phones at concerts nowadays, you know? Yeah. The, but the, the point of what we're doing yeah. is not to be a second screen experience. Yeah. We actually want people engaged with the music. Yeah. And, it's, and I think a lot of people at first blush think, oh, like, I don't want people on, on, on their phone, at a, but you're not on your phone. You're actually plugging in, in a way, that's mm -hmm. actually more intimate, and uh, at least from my perspective. Yeah. I'm a little biased, though. I don't know what you think. No, I agree with you. It's mm -hmm. not a second screen experience, but it is genius that we're using the phone because that's the gear, and mm -hmm. they don't have to rent a wearable and worry about waiting in line to pick it up or yeah. to drop it off. It's everything that they need is in their pocket. So I assume it's only certain venues, right, can do this right now. You're probably ex always expanding, looking for feedback from people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're we're in a in a sort of semi beta phase uh -huh. where we're we you know we've partners we've partnered with the Staples Center. Um, we're 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 learning a lot there, and um, we're expanding into multiple venues uh, this this year. Um, this year is going to be a really big year for Mix Halo, so we're really excited, and we're expanding into into sports. And conferences, oh, cool. and there's a, there are a lot of really great um, applications for this technology. It's not just a, a tool for music. So, mm -hmm. and we're excited to see how people, you know, once we start getting enough traction and usage, people will start using it in ways that we didn't think of, and that's what really excites me. Yeah. I'm very excited about your composing work, especially working with Hans Zimmer. How you both worked with him, right? Yeah. What was it like working with him? You know. He's just the best. Yeah. He's so fun. He's he's just a brilliant genius who understands how to put everything together. Mm -hmm. And he he makes everybody feel like they're important and collaboration is just how his style. Yeah. And we've been working with him for ten years. Oh, he's cool. somebody that what pieces did you work on with him? My first film with Hans was the Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh, nice. Um it's kind of wild to go from never composing to all of a sudden you're 
Sherlock Holmes track is number yeah. one on the classical <laughs> records. Um, but that was my first movie with him. And then we've worked on other Christopher Nolan movies like The Dark Knight, Interstellar. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, some I got of the other him. movies, the Superman. The Remember, there used to be a virgin <laughs> store at Hollywood and Highland. Yes. <laughs> there used to be a virgin store. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the good old days. Lots of record stores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hans is so collaborative. Yeah. He, he's the best. And we did, um, we did um, The Lone Ranger together, all of us. He, d- he likes to just put a great crew of people together, uh-huh. you know, to, to work on these movies. We did, we did The Amazing Spider-Man 2 together, and that was like, you know, us and Pharrell and Hans and we, we all just collaborated on that together and it was so much fun and then Hans actually is you know in the last few years he's become quite a touring artist yeah. and playing concerts and he actually he, he actually wouldn't do that without Anne Marie <laughs> that is that that's a funny little known fact well, thank you. and so so the first I don't time know if I can own that he, I, I will he, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you that himself actually but the funny thing is um so you know we we, we all went together and lived on a tour bus for four months together with, you know, with Hans in, in Europe. It was his first cool. tour playing his music. And for us you to give it in tips since you've toured so much. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah, we were on the same tour and it was fun to like just say like, all right, this is your first tour. Yeah. And well, if you've if you've seen a lot of Incubus concerts, yes. you'll know that there's this little wooden piano that comes out a lot, and I that I play during our shows. Mm-hmm. If you watch the Netflix special of Hans's concert, you'll notice he's playing a little wooden oh, piano. Oh, same one. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he stole my wooden piano, and I think he still has it, actually. Uh-oh. Anyway. Well, yeah. we'll let him keep it, because he's an investor and an advisor to Mix Halo. Oh, perfect. And yeah. yeah, and he's he's just an important person who supports us in everything we do, and we're so blessed to have that. Yeah, very cool. we love him. Mm-hmm. All right, anything coming up in the future? New tours, new music, anything besides, you know? I mean, if you're saying besides Mix Halo, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's always stuff coming up. Yeah. Uh, what are you allowed to talk about? <laughs> well, I think we're our hobby that nobody knows about is that we like prospecting for gold. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yes. Another passion, I see. It is. We have a property up north, and we just go up there by the river and play in the dirt for many, many it's hours. Really fun. It's cool. pretty, it's very primitive. <laughs> trying, trying, to, trying to collect enough to make a ring for her. Yeah. And we also, even though we don't have this in our, in our plans, we are avid fans of Extreme Survival. <laughs> oh yeah, the show Alone, oh, you ever watch that show? Yeah, so, so good. You can, well, you already have the look area for it. I know, right? <laughs> we'll sit, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. do a self-test, see how long we last. Oh, yeah, we like, in our downtime, sometimes talk about strategy for how we're gonna how we how we would survive how we would you do, do our time so that's the point of those shows though right like yeah, they, oh, yeah. you watch them and then you're like well i could do that and you know yeah. it's like impossible though the guy who, who last like day? she'd last actually the guy who like got pinned in the cliffs and like survived for like how many days they named the the movie that oh, a.r romano uh, oh yeah 127 yes. hours yeah. that was I yeah i <laughs> I remember watching that movie and coming away being like, oh, but he had a glass lens. He could have used that as a razor to cut his nerves instead of the dead knife when he was the amputating dead, his dead arm. Knife. That's it awful. was a dull knife. It was a big point in the All movie. Right. So things that we have coming up. Yeah. Yes. Incubus is doing some more touring coming up in the summer of 2020. Nice. Um, and Mix Halo is, you know, this is, like I said earlier. You'll gonna, have that at your concert. It's going to be right? a... Re- yeah, yeah. We're, we're offering... Um, uh, you know, we we allow our our, our fans to, to to view the show from actually on stage, and it just people love it. It's really fun. Nice. It's actually really fun for us too when we're playing. It's just a good vibe to like have a lot of people on the stage. 
Um, but like I said, it's a big year for us, and we're expanding and growing. The company's you know growing every day, and, and new opportunities are presenting themselves. So look out for us in 2020. All right. Thank you both so much. What an amazing interview. <laughs> Good luck with the gold and uh, surviving. The gold, yeah. <laughs>